The podcast world is growing bigger every day, and Himalaya wants to help you navigate it. Himalaya is a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya has got your back. Discover personally curated playlists and show your favorite podcasters some love with Himalaya's tip jar. It's free, it's the easiest to use, and they are adding cool new features every day. Go to your app store, download Himalaya, that's H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A, and don't forget to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. Alright, what's up everybody, and welcome to Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Wednesday, December 19th, 2018. Uh, do you, Mike, do you feel St. Nick and his frosty uh, just touch on your shoulder when you're in the dark? Uh, no, I, I, I hope you don't either. Like uh, that, that I, I don't think that's uh, Santa. I think that's 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 someone else. It was some guy. I, I, did. I, I think it's some guy named Nick. Yeah, it was. And he said he was Santa. And then he he uh, he gave me his candy cane. Anyway, um, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was awful. And you know, when there's when there's too much pressure to perform, I end up saying stupid shit. And that happens all the time though. Yeah. That's a normal thing I know. in this podcast. So so the point would be like, Josh, shouldn't you be used to it by now? And the point is no, I'm not, because like I feel the pressure that I always have to mix up the intro. Like I I just would feel so boring if I just went in with like, hey, welcome to Uncovering Explain Mysteries. I'm Josh, this is Mike, what's up? So I try to like mix it up, but it ends up not being funny and Maybe it's just weird. Yeah, and it's weird. But it is it's funny awkward. for some people. Yeah, like laughing at my my pain and my misery that I'm feeling right now. Uh, Schadenfreude is the German mm-hmm. uh, word that the English have uh, adopted. Oh, it's not Schadenfreude. No, 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 no. It's well, if you want to be really German with it, it's Schadenfreude. Yeah, I get a little back of the throat for the Freude, but uh, <laughs> most people just say Schadenfreude or Schaden. It's anyway. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, actually. Um, I don't, you know, uh, work has been going well. Uh, I've been having to do a couple early, sh- like I'm going to be getting up early uh, for the past, uh, well, not the past, for the next few days of work. Uh, my next week of work is like early, early stuff, like seven o'clock in the morning, Ugh. eight a.m. But it's like a four four hour shift, so it's not that bad. I do it. And then I can go home, and I have most of the day to do stuff. So it's almost I don't like mind it, actually. it's almost like a kick in the nuts, you know? It's like, yeah, we're gonna make you wake up earlier than God, and you're only gonna be here for four hours. Yeah, I used to have to do that kind of shit when I first started working at CVS. I just had to take any shift that they gave me. Uh huh. And yeah, I remember. Oh my God, we had to use you. We used to have to do truck day, and truck day. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah, I don't have to do that yet. Yeah, that's pretty universal for any like retail position or like grocery store or whatever. Like that's when the supply truck comes in and gives you more shit to sell to people. Yeah, we have we have a, a special uh, group of employees to do that. Usually they, um, yeah, usually they'll do that. They usually want the males to do it. Uh, there's I, actually a lot of women who are doing that at Michaels, like with the truck stuff. Unloading it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, you know, how heavy can fucking, like, fake twigs and, like, reach Hey, there's some heavy shit. Uh, there, like, uh, some of the baking stuff, the containers, 
Yeah, some of that stuff can be pretty heavy. Uh, I, I didn't know they had baking stuff at Michael's, but learn something yep. new every day, I guess. But dude, truck day was fucking awful. I remember my boss from CVS said the only reason he hired me was to do truck day. So if I ever called, <laughs> so if I ever called out on truck day, I was fired. Cause like, wow. Cause he his ass had to be there too. I had to be there at um, I think uh I had to be there at like six. So I had to wake up at like five or maybe I had to yeah. be there at five. It was some ridiculously yeah. ungodly hour. And I just remember feeling like shit, unloading all the crap. Mind you, getting paid minimum wage doing all of this. Just, you know, nearly free manual labor because how low I was getting paid. And the and the manager had to be there, so God knows. Well, I get paid a decent amount. For a, minim, a minimum wage over here in Washington is is pretty high. What so, is it? It's eleven fifty. Damn, that is pretty fucking good. Yeah, I was getting paid like seven fifteen. I want to say that's like what happened when I was in Oklahoma City. I, I got paid like what seven something. But then yeah. again, like my rapid aging, you know. Yeah, but also it was a long time ago. <laughs> when, I, when I think back to when I worked at CVS, I was uh, what, fucking twenty ten. I was ten years ago. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude! When where does the time go, Mike? I tell you what. As I drink my eggnog and I, you know, slap my reindeer's ass on during this holiday season, I really have to wonder where does the time go. It goes away. <sighs> I guess so. Anyway, um, is there anything I have to say before we get into this? This is going to be a shorter one, guys, because uh, we uh, we started, I guess, kind of late, and I got I got to go host trivia. I apologize for the brevity of this podcast, but the benefit is is less chit-chat for those of you who don't like that, although from my understanding, like every one of you does like it, so sorry. Next week will be better, hopefully. What case do we want to talk about first, Mike? Uh, I don't know. What do you want to do? Do you want to say Boomer or let's just do Boomer because Georgia Boyd has a lot of different uh, twists and turns in it. Okay, well, I mean, nice they good, both, they that'd both be nice one do, for but, a finale. Yeah. yeah. So the first case we're going to talk about is the case of Charles Warren Boomer, aka the Satchel Bandit. <laughs> uh, satchel. It's not a purse. It's a satchel. Satchel's a funny <laughs> word. Like uh, I just, I just think, I think of uh, the Hangover. Remember that scene? Remember, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Zach Galifianakis's character would be carrying around a satchel, and actually, it's a purse. And then, like, he's like, "It's not a purse; it's a satchel." I just think of Indiana uh, Jones wears one. I just think, of, <laughs> I just think of like a, a testy satchel, you know, like yeah, as an alternate to uh, calling it a ball uh-huh. sack. It's like, oh, you hit me in my satchel. Uh, that's that's how we always use the term anyway, okay. but as you can see, we're really so, high class here in Jacksonville. So Charles Boomer is wanted for the armed robbery of almost 30 banks in Oregon, Washington, and British Columbia. Damn. He was nicknamed by police the Satchel Bandit because he wore a satchel that he put the money that he stole in, and he always wore cheesy disguises. And I love that. I love that it's uh, cheesy disguises. Yeah, that's like, that's, that's how like they, actually the that's how they say it. That's the term that they gave Robert Stack to use, like yeah. when describing. It's like, like uh, he he always wore a satchel where he put the money that he stole in, and always wore cheesy disguises. It's like, <laughs> just did not seem like a word that was naturally in Robert Stack's vernacular no. at all. No, I could totally see him like reading the script one day and being like, really. Nowadays he they he cheesy. Nowadays he'd have to be like the police investigation was lit, fam. It- <laughs> oh god, that's even worse. 
Stack would have, they'd have to like pencil on like a face tattoo on Robert Stack's uh, face now to like be hip with shit. the kids. He'd have to have like a grill in his mouth. He'd be a SoundCloud rapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So at 10 a.m. on April 23rd, 1991, he robbed a bank in Edmonton, Alberta. However, while fleeing the scene, he got into a car accident. And they actually did a great job reenacting it, too. It was a real car accident. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised they actually collided real cars into each other. Several witnesses saw him without a disguise as he left his vehicle. One witness ended up getting carjacked by him. As police investigated the area, they found a wig that was a part of his disguise. On the front seat of the car was a loaded magazine for a 380 automatic handgun. The car was bearing stolen Alberta plates. They were over top of a, a set of legally registered British Columbia license plates. These were determined to have belonged to Gary Ross Whitaker. Further investigation revealed that this name was fictitious and that the real Whitaker had died as an infant. In the trunk, they found duffel bags filled with, the clo- with clothes, maps of Canada and the United States, camping gear, and lollipops. Yes, this guy really loved his suckers. He had a sweet tooth. Yeah, the thing about the car scene, when he got into the car wreck, there was like a guy at the scene who was like, Hey, buddy, where do you think you're yeah. going? And uh-huh. again, this is another thing that Unsolved Mysteries taught me. Don't pursue crazy people because... As soon as the guy was like, you know, where do you think you're going? Because he was trying to flee the scene. Charles Boomer pulls out a gun. He's like, give me your car. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure the guy who was like, hey, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Thought he was doing something good and ends up getting like held up in like Grand Theft Auto style and his fucking car gets stolen. (laughs) You know, what if he was like heading home from work and they has to explain, you know, why he's late, you know, why he's late to his wife, you know, why he's late for dinner. If she doesn't buy his excuse. She's already thinking he's going to like the brothel down the road yeah. and seeing some young men. And, you know, she's already like pretty much assumed that's what happens. And he's like, honey, you will never believe what happened. A guy in a cheesy disguise with a satchel around his waist held me up at gunpoint after a car accident and stole my car. <laughs> so anyway, um, so five weeks later, he showed up in Portland, Oregon. My backyard, my original backyard, yeah. And the Satchel Bandit struck again. At 7.45 a.m. on May 30th, Chuck Valentine, a security guard for a local department store, which is actually Fred Meyer. And I know that Fred Meyer. I've been to that Fred Meyer that's featured in this segment. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, I know that place. What does Fred Meyer sell again? We don't have those here. It's a grocery store, okay. so it's like uh, they sell uh, groceries and pharmaceutical stuff, oh, and okay. they have clothes and other things. It's a retail store, pretty much, really. Uh, Myers is is the same is uh, I think Fred Myers the same as Myers. You might have a Myers where you're at, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. So. This uh, security guard, he noticed a suspicious car with an out-of-state plate backed into a parking spot next to the building. Uh, A man was sitting in the front seat. Two hours later, a customer complained about a suspicious man wearing a cheap disguise hanging around outside the building. See, I don't know why why did they use the word cheesy? They just said cheap. But I mean, cheesy, technically, the the definition is cheap for cheesy. But nowadays, people use that way too often, 
where they're just like, oh, those Ninja Turtles from those 90s movies, that's, they're so cheesy, you know, and, and it's like, it's not really cheap. I just so feel I don't know like, why you keep yeah, using it. Well, I feel like cheesy. It irritates me when the people use cheesy in the wrong way, when they, especially when they're talking about movies. Oh, that movie's so cheesy. I feel yeah, like cheesy just, uh, is more akin to the, to corny. Like yeah. if something's like, you know, just cr- kind of cringy and embarrassing, it's like corny or, or played out or whatever. Maybe it's a hybrid of cheap and corny. You get cheesy. Yeah. What's up with all yeah. the food? fucking yeah. <laughs> synonymous with like these outfits and shit like corny yeah, know, yeah. cheesy potatoy tomatoy <laughs> it's just it was so, it was a little t- i don't know the like it was just a little too uh slang term for unsolved mysteries i feel like yeah for robert stack to be saying i don't know this was yeah. just weird so the he sees a suspicious guy and the guy like i mean he it does it, it's a cheap disguise like it, it's it's automatically suspicious it's like fucking like if, weekend at bernie's looking motherfucker over there <laughs> walking around outside the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> so he went to investigate uh so he checked out uh the car again and he saw that it was parked next to a bank next door he went to look at the license plate and he discovered that another plate was underneath it uh, Canadian plate and as he looked up he noticed that the man was crossing the lot and was walking towards the bank as Chuck called the police the suspicious man went and robbed the bank this time however an alert teller placed a dye pack with the money as he escaped the dye pack exploded and he was covered with red dye and tear gas now if this guy was such an experienced bank robber wouldn't he know at this point to be like hey take out the dye pack bitch you know like yeah. Isn't that like a typical thing that like really like experienced bank robbers know to do? Um, you would think. They also have, I think they also have like a, a, a bill at the very bottom of the till that if you take it out, it just automatically sets off a silent alarm. Yeah. I think uh-huh. they have a bunch of security shit in place now that they might not have had back in the day. I actually went to the bank today at work because uh, the manager, there was only one manager on duty. So I had to go with the supervisor to the bank. And, you know, get all, drop off the last night's uh, money, you know, from the till to the bank and then get, you know, change and stuff like that. Do you have to wear a uniform at your work? Yeah, I wear a vest. Oh, is that it? Can you wear normal, whatever you want underneath it? Yes, I can wear whatever I want underneath it. Can you wear just the vest? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Damn, only only in my fantasies. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mike's uncomfortable. So, so the new Westminster, uh, actually, no, as Chuck called the police, a suspicious man, he robbed the bank, the dye pack exploded. When police checked his license plate number, they discovered it belonged to Robert Taylor of New Westminster, British Columbia. When New Westminster police questioned Taylor's landlord, they learned that he lived with a hearing impaired woman named Rochelle. Two days later, the police searched their apartment. At first, they thought the robber had stolen Taylor's car. However, they found that almost everything in the apartment was new and expensive. They also found books about how to beat the criminal justice system. Yeah, that's one way to look suspicious, for sure. Although clothes were found belonging to Rochelle, no clothes belonging to Robert were found. Back in Portland, police located the robber's getaway car and made a surprising discovery that linked the robbery to the one in Edmonton, Lollipops. 
dumbass. For me, it's like, why do they call him the Satchel Bandit instead of the Lollipop Bandit? Dude, there's so many opportunities for better bandit names than the Satchel Bandit. That's like fucking... Yeah, you know, like you you walk in and you're always wearing like slacks when you rob a bank. He's the he's the khaki bandit. You know, it's like <laughs> even that's a more creative name. We well, had Satchel. the crazy glue bandit. Remember that guy? Yeah, the crazy glue bandit. There's yeah. a bunch of stuff they could have went with. And by the way, why is this guy getting giving himself these aliases of like Robert Taylor and all this shit? Does this guy think he's in Duran Duran or something? All the, ta- the Taylor shit, John Taylor, Roger Taylor, and like fucking Andy is he, Taylor. Is he like John Cougar, John Cougar, John Cougar Mellencamp? I, I think John Mellencamp. I mean, this was during the '80s, but this guy was old. I, but I do think he, in his mind, is like I'm the bank robbing fifth member of Duran Duran. I am Robert Motherfucking Taylor, Satchel Bandit bitch. Uh, so. Police were certain that Robert Taylor was a satchel bandit. They learned that he had met Rochelle in Ontario. Sadly, she was deaf and mute and had many difficulties growing up. However, she was able to overcome many of her problems. She got a job and her own apartment. She often went to visit her parents. And on one visit in the fall of 1989, she introduced her parents to Robert Taylor. Her parents thought he was a nice person, but felt something was odd about him. He told them that he had worked for the government, but had hurt his back, so he lived on disability. Her father thought that was strange because Robert had spent so much money. However, he kept his suspicions to himself because Rochelle seemed happy. Uh, you see that a lot, like, where they just keep their suspicions to themselves because, like, oh, you know, she's happy or he's happy with this girl and I'm not really going to say anything. Yeah, I like the reenactment when they're at the dinner table and, and yeah. uh, you know, Robert Taylor's all like, he's like, you know, the dad's like, so. The guy who played him did a great job. <laughs> yeah. Too. And the, the dad's like, so what do you do? And he's like, oh, I used to did some work for the government, and then I hurt my back. But I do like to bet. But but I bet smart. I like to be on the winning side, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think everyone can understand the concept of betting and wanting to win. That was uh, very insightful there. Rock. But I would also, I would definitely be very suspicious of him with the whole, like, all the money you're spending, you're, you're gambling on a disability pension. Like, uh, th- it's not that much money. Yeah. That, so, then the again, fall of the, yeah, so yeah. But, like, then again, though, it's like, if his daughter's happy. And then you got to figure, too, like, his daughter, with being in the situation that she is with all of her impairments and all that, yeah. you're probably thinking, like, like what what are the chances that she's going to be able to like find someone else so easily you know that she's going to be so happy exactly. with you know so i don't maybe look past it so in the fall of 1990 robert and rochelle left ontario and moved to british columbia over the next six months she wrote and called her parents regularly then in may of 1991 she sent a picture of them together along with the news that they had married however after that her parents did not hear from them a few weeks later they learned the shocking truth their daughter had married a bank robber. And sounds like a really, you know, a title for some Lifetime movie. My daughter married a bank robber tonight on Lifetime. And then he beat her. <laughs> that would be a more Finger... apt title. <laughs> then he be- parentheses, and then he beat her. I th- I, I, or they could just call it like like deaf uh. like deaf beatings or beatings that <laughs> fall on deaf ears. On Lifetime. Oh my god. Death. <laughs> beatings that fall on deaf ears or death. Or if beatings. you want to get like really like out there and creative with it, Hungry Like the Wolf, the story of the deaf beating 
satchel bandit Robert Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) So fingerprints from Portland were sent to Canada, and the satchel bandit, also known as Robert Taylor, was finally identified as Charles Boomer. He was one of the most notorious bank robbers in Canadian history. He committed his first heist at age 17, and by the age of 50, he had robbed banks of over $1 million. In September of 1991, a newspaper article was released noting that Boomer and his wife were wanted for questioning. Boomer realized that the police were closing in on him, so he sent Rochelle to to a police station. She gave officers a letter from Boomer telling police that she should not be held responsible for his crimes, and Rochelle, Rochelle was not charged with any crime and was released. However, her husband is still wanted by authority. And I, I now, that that scene was so fucking sweet. Like, yeah. I saw that and I got I, I got almost got a little choked up because like it is. her note and like I think he was narrating the note when the cop was reading it and it's like, you know, it would be a shame if this if anything bad were to come to this woman as a result of my actions, you know, she is very hard uh-huh. of hearing blah 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 and I'm just like, "Oh, man, like you're so you're like you're <sighs> It's like one of those things where it's like you're a sweet guy in some aspects, you know, and uh-huh. I mean, I guess he never technically killed anybody, although it is not it's not good to rob a bank. But it's like he had this like really like benevolent side to him softer and, side. Yeah, And it's like, yeah. why couldn't you just be that guy all the time? Then every then you would be beloved by your yeah. community. But, you know, you have to do this fucking John Wayne Robin Hood fucking Duran yeah. Duran shit on the side. Wouldn't that be crazy if that was just a, a front and like she just she she had all this money that he gave her and it was just like you know she's innocent don't don't bother with her. Well, apparently she's that's just what, out there that's with what all happened this money. because she was she was um after that like she got like reacclimated to her hometown with her parents and shit and she was going to school and she would get. As they put at the end of the segment, she still gets anonymous donations in her uh-huh. in her bank account. Yeah, and it's like uh huh yeah, yeah. uh huh. Which is again that's sweet as fuck, you know. Like he's still like out there, and it's kind of got this criminal element, but he's not really hurting anyone per se. But he actually did get caught. Yes. So uh, he was captured on June twenty sixth of nineteen ninety two. The manager of a restaurant in Hamilton, Ontario, contacted police, claiming that Boomer was there. Ten minutes later, he was taken into custody wearing one of his disguises. At the time, he was carrying a loaded handgun, several thousand dollars in cash, and a police scanner, which was turned off. Despite the fact that he had stolen millions of dollars over the years, it was discovered that he had been living in a tent just outside of town. In the tent, police found a list of banks. He had robbed some of them and apparently planned to rob others. They also discovered maps of possible escape routes, survival gear, and a list of police radio frequencies for Canada and the United States. Boomer was convicted of 33 robberies and sentenced to 45 years in prison. He was eventually paroled in November 2011 at the age of 75. Damn. Well, I mean, you got to look at the guy and be like, yeah, you know, he did some horrible stuff. But, you know, I don't know. I kinda, he might be robbing banks again. I kind of like this guy. Under a different disguise. I gotta say, I kind of like this guy. On the levels of pieces of shit that we have covered on this podcast, he is on the very low scale of the piece of shit. Yeah. Mainly because he was so good to the uh, woman that he uh, that Rochelle. he loved. 
you know? Rochelle. And you look at him in the picture here, and he's kind of, you know, he's an older guy in this in this picture, and but I mean he's got he's kind of dashing. He kind of looks like he could be like a bond ish kind of looking guy. The 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 older pictures of him, you know, he looks like my uncle. <laughs> he looks like your uncle. Really? Well, not my yeah. uncle, but you know, he could look like your uncle. My uncle's actually Mexican, and my other uncle is oh. like this six foot five redheaded ginger. So my uncle, my uncles are very uh, diverse people. Yeah. Apparently, you, that's cool though. United Nations of uncles, apparently. <laughs> Alrighty, so our next case is dealing with the case of Georgia Boyd, or the uh, and it's a lost loves, but it's one of the best lost loves I've ever seen. Yes, I will agree, and uh, I, I would I would only have known about this had I watched like an entire episode of Unsolved Mysteries because. Uh, you know, the VHS rips. We've been talking about more uh, forbidden segments here, folks. That, that's yeah, what we've been talking like about. singular ep- like segments exist out there. Um, I have mine 100% legally. Don't ask how. Uh, old VHS tapes from a long time ago. Don't ask. Um, so I, I, but like, if you watch a whole episode of Unsolved Mysteries, sometimes you'll see segments on there that you thought you hated, like unsolved or like missing person. Not fuck, not missing persons. Lost loves. God damn it! I'm trying to. My brain's not functioning right. So, like, normally I see a lost love segment and I'm like, skip, skip, skip. But if you actually, sometimes if you sit back and watch them, they can actually be really good. And this this is definitely a case of that. Oh, by the way, uh, if you want to join our group on Facebook and be a part of an interactive Unsolved Mysteries slash paranormal slash cult community, well, we talk about those things. It's not a cult yet. I need to get the trust and influence um from the people first which i'm well on my way of doing uh anyway uh it's uh go to facebook and type in the search bar uncovering unexplained mysteries it will ask you are you a real human being and are you joining this group because you listen to the uncovering unexplained mysteries podcast just hit yes on both of those and you'll be in and there's stuff in there that might interest you that i can't talk about um you can also uh, consider supporting us on patreon by going to patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You get the podcast early. There are bonus segments on there, so on, so forth, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, anyway, going back to this case here. Uh family of Georgia Boyd. In July 1976, 21-year-old Georgia Boyd began dating serviceman Daryl Tacey. Okay. After they Daryl? Daryl. Not Harold, not Gerald, but Daryl, Daryl Tacey, after they met at a carnival in Richmond, Virginia, or Richmond County, Georgia. Now, the reenactment here is, I love, like, they, they interview Daryl, and he's talking about why he was attracted to her, and he's all like, oh, she had dark hair and dark eyes. Yeah. And it was mysterious. It was like, no, come on, like, he's not you very, were attracted to her. He's not very... Because... He's not very. He's not very good at, 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 at uh, explaining why he finds people attractive. Cause, no, because he's sitting there going, "I think the thing that attracted me most to Georgia was just her dark hair and her dark eyes." Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's like people who are like 600 pounds who have like dark hair and dark eyes too. So judging by your very loose uh, parameters of what you find attractive, almost like probably. Like, every other woman in the United States you might be attracted to. I, I mean, mean, if she looked like the gal in the reenactment, I mean, you're attracted to her because she's, she's hot. Yeah. I mean, she's I mean, a very she's, gorgeous lady. Yeah, she's just, she's, yeah, she's a, a looker, as they say. And a good rack. 
Oh, and oh my, Mike. So come on. Mike's just, Mike's <laughs> just going for it. Um, rack means great personality, folks. That's what it means. He wasn't alluding to any physical thing because apparently that's wrong now to point that stuff out in 2018. And I'm off on my high horse. Okay, so anyway... Um, they met at a fucking carnival. What could go wrong? She told him that her father was a Cherokee Indian and that she had grown up on a reservation in North Carolina. She had also said that she liked to be called Jerry. On the night after they met, he learned that she worked as a go-go dancer at a bar in Augusta. <laughs> in the title of this bar? Like, I don't know if that's the actual title of the bar, but in the reenactment, it just says like this neat, the, the walkway has this neon sign that says where the girls are. Oh, God. <laughs> and you're just like, really? Well, I mean, we were alluding to this. Is that an actual go-go dancer bar that just says where the girls are? And even had an exclamation point at the end? Well, you know, I think the people, the owners of these places, they've really boiled down human stupidity to like, they've distilled it to a ver- its purest form and they get it. They understand one of the most biological needs of men and it's chicks. So they don't have to put all this fancy, frilly titling for these places all they got to do is say girls are here there is also alcohol (laughs) boom you just got like all the business you will ever need i mean we've alluded in the b-roll to how stupid people really are and Mm -hmm. i mean this just plays right into that you know that's why i want to change my band name to free beer so whenever (laughs) i'm on the bill anywhere you know they can have these bands like you know fucking Avenge Sevenfold. Avenge Sevenfold, the tinfoil hat man, and then free beer. You know, <laughs> People see free beer, they're like, hell yeah, I'm going there for the free beer. Uh, so anyway. Now, if anything was cheesy, it was this reenactment. The music especially. Oh, I'm so, Dear I God, am so glad you brought here. the music, Mike. This music. <laughs> this was some, this was made on like one of those like MIDI keyboards just one of those cheap Yamaha with the speakers built into it already. Like, just Super Nintendo quality music going on. And I shit you not, the music is just hilariously bad. But It is. But with that being said, Unsolved Mysteries has never been able to nail, like, stripper music. Anytime no. there's any kind of stripper scene or, or nude scene or go-go scene or whatever the case may be, where there's chicks dancing... The music is just like this fucking weird, like, I don't even know what it's supposed to be. It's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's like, I don't know, like, some kind of weird, like... It is pretty cheesy, actually. That is a good way to describe it. Like, 80s indie art house soundtrack. Like, there's this movie called Liquid Sky where they do that... (laughs) You know what movie I'm talking about? Yes, that movie (laughs) is so bad. I want to do a review on it, but I feel like it wouldn't get any views. Anyway... So, um, on the night after they met, he learned that she worked as a go-go dancer at a bar in Augusta. Um, she had two daughters, Sally and Angel. Now, my mom's name is Sally, and I've literally never met another Sally in my life, nor have I seen other Sallys, so this is a very rare Sally moment. Um, so Sally and Angel from her first marriage. An elderly woman named Granny, quote-unquote, lived with her, although she was not a blood relative, come to find out. Within two weeks, Georgia and her daughters moved into Daryl's house. Daryl soon noticed that she was acting paranoid about something or someone. Well, they didn't. They, they, okay, yeah, never mind. Because I, I thought the gang members showed up at the bar 
Yeah, they did. They show up later. Yeah. At home, she would never answer the phone unless he gave her a prearranged code through the rings. Now, I don't know how they do this. I mean, is this a phone that doesn't have an answering machine? So it's like, I'm going to let the phone ring 15 times and then on the 16th <laughs> ring, you answer. Because folks, back in the Dizay, I mean, I'm old enough. I'm 30. Mike's, I mean, you got to be turning 30 soon. I mean, uh, yeah, we're around yeah, the same next age. Next year. Back, yep. back in the day, when you would call a phone and they didn't have an answering machine, that shit would just ring over and over into the void. Like, and you could be like Moon Pie Face Mike Morris and say, I don't know why the answering machine didn't pick up. It just kept ringing and ringing and I just let it ring because I, I hoped that she would answer the phone. And that's how it used to be sometimes. I'd like call my friends in like elementary school. I, <laughs> I just let that bitch keep ringing and I'm like, Maybe someone will answer eventually. Um, it's 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 uh, their parents and they're mad at you. Like, stop calling. Yeah, that uh, I think <laughs> no, I think a parent, a parent or two did chew me out. Oh, and and that's not even mentioning the fact that this is a landline we're talking about, which nobody fucking has anymore. Like, if you wanted to talk to your <laughs> friends from school back in the day, you had to get their home phone number, not their personal cell that linked straight to them. You had to get their home phone number. You didn't text them either. No. There was no way to text them. No, it's like, hey, I'm going to call you around 7, 30, or 8. Or you just had to assume that you would be able to get in touch with them. So you would call your friend's house. The parent would answer. You would. I, I would always hope it wasn't the dad, because dads always sounded so angry when they'd answer the phone. Yeah. They'd be like, hello? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, can I talk to David? Okay. David, you have a phone call. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, how much does that guy hate his life? I was always I was always happier when the when the wife would answer the phone. She always seemed a little bit nicer, but yeah, and then they come in, yeah. they, you know, jump on the phone and you talk to them or whatever. It's crazy, man, how that she used to work out. But anyway, um having a fucking uh just reminiscing right now about the good old days. They actually weren't that good. And I remember the spoiled little shit kids, they had their own home phone line in their room like my cousin growing up had yeah. his own direct home like landline in his in his bedroom so he could give out his number at school and it's like well you can call this number and reach me directly and i was like you bastard shit was expensive <laughs> so anyway sorry about all that um so within two weeks georgia and her daughters moved into daryl's house he soon knows she was acting paranoid blah 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 prearranged rings she also left the blinds tightly shut during the day. Later, she told him that she was afraid that her ex-husband would come and kidnap the children. If I'm if I'm Daryl, the first thing that I would do is change my name legally. And the second thing I would do is be like, okay, red flags, like, what the fuck? Like, you found out she was a go-go dancer. Not necessarily a deal breaker, but, it, you know, it's kind of one of those things to where not many people choose to do that as a career choice. It's you usually end up in that situation. You end up being a dancer of some kind. You don't go, I want to be a go-go dancer at some random club in Augusta, Georgia for my life. So, you know, life didn't quite work out already with the person that you're talking to. And then they're starting to say things like, I'm afraid that my ex-husband might kidnap the fucking children yeah. These are potential red flags that you might want to be like, you know, I know you're hot, but I don't know if you're the best person to be in my life right now. I think you and I are, are on two different speeds, you know, in life, and maybe I'm not going the same direction you are, whatever. 
not trying to be too judgy, just saying. On several occasions, Georgia was harassed and even stalked by unknown individuals. One night, when Daryl picked her up from work, he found her talking to two well-dressed men. Two weeks later, three members of the Devil's Disciples, a motorcycle gang, which, the Devil's Disciples, I mean, you know, she reminds me of, like, like Satan sluts from the Pee Wee Herman movie. <laughs> from Howard the, you mean Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> like anytime you, you have anything rhyming with the devil in any way, you're, you're kind of like an 80s or 90s throwback to me at this point. Like, you're not really intimidating, you know? Um, so, anyway, this motorcycle gang... We can't get away from the devil, can we? It's just it's No, no, we can't. You know, They're following us in every episode now, making an appearance... <laughs> So anyway, these three members of the Devil's Disciples, a motorcycle gang, showed up at the club. She was scared, and she told Daryl that she ran with the gang in Atlanta. Again, Daryl might be a th- uh, another red flag here, a third red flag at this point. But, you know, the sex is good. I know you guys are, you know, fucking like rabbits, so you're going to stay in there. Typical guy move. Uh, so she claimed that they wanted to take her back. Later that night, a van with the gang members began chasing them through the streets. They eventually escaped when a police officer became involved. And I mean, this chase scene is like insane. And I'm like sitting here like watching it. And like, like Daryl had to do this like fishtail maneuver on the side street. And the van kept going and the police car was giving chase at this point. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here going like, did this shit really happen? Like this shit only happens in the movies. Like this guy was. They might have. They might have uh, exaggerated that for the reenactment. I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, I'm guessing this Daryl guy has to give like his recollection of how it went down, because uh, spoiler alert: Georgia dies, so you don't really get to hear her side of how it happened. So maybe he's like, yeah, and then they started like chasing me, and I like did this like completely badass barrel roll over this flaming school bus and like that's how i got away from them and it was pretty cool you know no big deal um so yeah like they got into this like high speed chase and um they eventually escaped and a police officer became involved but georgia would remain secretive about who was responsible Sometimes she would claim that her ex-husband was a harasser other times she would refuse to tell daryl who was responsible One night, a man tried to break into their house, but he escaped before Daryl could see who he was. At that point, I would, like, fucking slam my fucking fist against the wall and be like, God damn it, tell me what the fuck is going on. Like, stop with this cloak and dagger shit, man. Like, like, we got motherfuckers storming the barricade here trying to break in, and you're not telling me anything. Like... Yeah, stop being cryptic. Like, fuck, man. Like, I'd be so frustrated, like... This ain't cool. I'm trying to live my life in peace and and have a nice life with you and 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 you know all this bullshit's happening and you're not telling me shit, you know? It's bullshit. That's the reenactment of that scene where the guy tries to break in. That was really well done yeah. and that was that was that's terrifying. Yeah. Really. I've dealt with that kind of shit happening to me before, like crazy bitch coming over to my house at 11 o'clock in the morning with her boyfriend who was going to beat my ass and all that shit. It's like, dude, I don't even need any of that in my life, man. That's some that's just some fuck shit that I, I ain't I ain't with it. I ain't with it. <laughs> so in January 1977, Daryl was reassigned to Fort Ord in uh, California. On the trip west, he and Georgia married. 
again, dude, I mean, you you have some serious red flags here and you don't care because she's hot. Let's just let's just break it down. You think she's <laughs> intriguing, you think she's mysterious, but above all, you think she's really hot. So you're ignoring all these red flags. This is at least my interpretation, people. Please don't get offended. And if you do, show me where the internet hurts you. I'll give it a kiss. Mwah, there. All right. So a few months later, <laughs> someone began harassing Georgia, usually while Daryl was working late. On one occasion, the stalker arrived when Daryl was at home. He tried to confront him, but the stalker vanished. MPs, a.k.a. military personnel, came to the house. Police. Oh, military police. Sorry. Came to the house, but <laughs> did not find anyone. Several days later, the intruder left a painted message on the back door saying, I'll get you, Jet. On August 10th, 1977, she gave birth to their first son, but suffered complications. They moved back to Daryl's hometown in Michigan. Uh, I guess he was uh, let go on a hardship discharge from the military at that point. Um, after the birth of their second son, she began suffering from violent headaches. She was eventually hospitalized and slipped into a coma, diagnosed with an aneurysm. A few days later, she died at the age of 22, leaving behind Daryl and four young children, which is truly... That was unexpected when I when I saw the segment. I wasn't expecting her to take that kind of no, turn. No, me neither. She's sick. And they were looking for their fam, the, her family, so maybe they could find a cure, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I then, mean, nope. it's even talking about like, um, you know, they're interviewing Daryl, and he's like, "Yeah, I went up to her on the life support machine, and they told me that, you know, I could, I could tell them to turn the machine off, and you know, after talking to the doctor and blah blah blah, you know, I, I did that, and then I had to go tell the children their mom died, and." He's being very... The way he described turning the machine off, really, like, that that caused me to get choked up there. Yeah, I mean, the whole... It's so fucking tragic, man. And you you could tell that he, he fucking loved this chick and gave a shit about her so much and was very infatuated with her. And, you know, in all this, it's like... It's like that girl that slipped through your fingers, you know, guys, yeah. guys or lesbians or anyone who's attracted to women in the audience right now. It's like that one girl that you you really felt like you loved or that you really just had that 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 really hard crush on. I'm thinking of a girl right now that I, I had that situation with. Her name was Casey. It was back in junior high. I, I uh, her mom forbid us from being together. And it was this like unrequited love. And it was so intense. And so I was so into her. And I felt like uh -huh. she always just kept slipping through my fingers like water. And it was so frustrating. And it's almost like this is the same situation. You know, this girl's mysterious and beautiful. And, you know, he goes to see her at the go-go dancing bar. And she's paying all this special attention to just him and making him feel special. And, you know, then they start, he finally gets to start dating her. And he feels like, yes, like, you know, she is committed to me and that's awesome and they even get married and have a kid and and then just all this mysterious shit's happening she, she's not telling him anything which adds to the mystique which adds to the whole thing that he kind of liked about her to begin with and you know then the ultimate mystery happens she fucking dies and now she's not around mm -hmm. anymore and he's has her kids there and you know they can't uh experience this beautiful you know children growing up and all that you know like all these moments and all and it's like really like like awful you know like it sucks and you know he's just having to be so matter of fact about it on this interview and you could tell the guy he's all cried out you know like this guy 
has cried his tears, and now he's just he's just kind of like a little bit broken, how most people are when they lo lose a loved one. It's like you're the same person, but you're not. Like there's always a mm -hmm. piece that will be missing, and 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 you really get that from this guy. You know, he's just he's he's cried his tears, and now he just. He just wants to find her family now and and connect with them. You know, he... Um, I guess I'll finish reading here. Um, when Daryl tried to contact George's family members, he realized that he never really actually met any of them. In fact, he had almost no idea about her past. He tried to call a man with her father's name, but he claimed that he no, had no daughters. Daryl went back to the bar in Augusta where Georgia worked to ask about her and her family for unknown reasons. Uh, every, oh, I read that sentence shittily. He went to ask about her family, and for unknown reasons, everyone claimed to not know her. In fact, people started telling Daryl to stop searching for information about her. He, and that was crazy. Yeah. Like, they're like, leave it alone. You don't want to know. And leave. Yeah, and leave. And this guy lives in California. I mean, the expense that was was spared to, or the no expense that was spared, like traveling all the way back to the East Coast, staying in hotels, having to eat, you know, your food and all that other kind of stuff, searching for answers about this this lady that he clearly fucking loved. He's doing all this shit j uh -huh. just to find her family, you know? Like, it's fucking heartbreaking. So, um... Anyway, uh, where am I at? He claimed not knowing facts. Yeah, he's told people to stop searching for her. Uh, he kept doing so, but each time people seemed unwilling to talk to uh, to this guy, Daryl. So he contacted a local TV station to air a picture of Georgia for 24 hours, asking anyone with information to contact him. For unknown reasons, it was only shown for a few seconds, and when he asked the station about it, they told him to drop the subject. The Augusta police were also evasive. Daryl still does not understand why nobody is willing to tell him about Georgia and her family. All he knows is that she was apparently from Augusta, Georgia, and that her father was Native American. He is searching for her family to tell them what happened to her. He also wants her daughters and their sons to be reunited with her family. I got unexpe unexpectedly emotional reading about this. Um, yeah. So the results of this is the case is solved, thankfully. Uh, thanks to viewers' tips, uh, Daryl has learned that Georgia's real name was Edith Geraldine Johns Moore. God damn, is there any... I mean, is there like a fifth or sixth name in there too? I mean, I think she has all the names of everybody that has ever been around. Uh, so her name was Edith Geraldine Johns Moore, and her family lived in Savannah instead of Augusta. I've actually been to Savannah. I went there for the listening party for the Unsolved Mysteries record. Her daughters, Sally and Angel, were reunited with their biological father, Gary Moore, and Daryl met several of her relatives. He also learned that Edith had two more children, Rhonda and Eugene. Prior to Sally and Angel, all of her children have now been reunited. The reasons why she was harassed and why her past was kept secret are unknown. Huh. Uh, th that's... She's definitely mysterious, that's for sure. So he was right, when you think about it. He was right. Oh, yeah. She was a mysterious person. Yeah, for sure. I just, like... I mean, this happens all the time to people, you know? Like, like you know, women will, you know, leave their family and just go hit the road and try to make a go of it somewhere else. And 
this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's just a shame that all this stuff went down the way it did because it looked like, you know, he could have given her a good life and, you know, had a lot of, like, you know, enjoyment with her and this, that, and the other and had, you know, happy life together. And then she, you know, it's like, fuck, you know, the circumstances of all this are just awful, you know? I mean, it's, uh... I mean, at least he's got kids out of it, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. And he, he remarried, too, I believe, according to the segment. But yeah, that's kind of a downer, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Shit happens. Um, yeah, so we're going to probably have to cut it around this point here. Sorry, again, that it's uh, so short this week, but uh, I had, Daddy's got to go to trivia and make some money. All these Coke Zeros don't buy themselves. Um... If you would like to check out me and Mike on YouTube, this is what you do. www.com slash your mom. Sorry. I don't know <laughs> what that was. Now, if you want to check out more of me and Mike and our YouTube endeavors um, or my music, you can go to youtube.com. Mike is youtube.com slash OCP communications. He's a movie guy. He talks about movies. Mike, what was the last movie you talked about? Peppermint. It was a really uh, disappointing, forgettable action revenge flick with uh, Jennifer Garner. She was great, but the rest of the movie was just pretty bland, boring. Even There wasn't much action. The one action sequence that was good was like 50 minutes to an hour into the movie, and it wasn't that long and didn't really build up to much. So it's like... It really did blow its load early, like I like to call, you know, like to say, like, you know, it just, it just blew its load too early and, you know, premature ejaculated everywhere. Wow, Mike, that was oddly sexual description of the movie. Um, that's cool. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash OC. God damn it. Really? <laughs> just gave you- yeah, I'm also OCP communications. We both do a YouTube channel together. No, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, my mind's all over the place. My uh, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. That's also the name of my band. And you should totally check us out. We're on Spotify and um, YouTube. And you should check out our music because it's like good. And I always air that annoying commercial at the end of every podcast. You know, maybe look into checking out the music, man. You might like it. Uh, the last video I did on my YouTube channel, though, because I do all kinds of things on there. I don't just do music. I do all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, I basically did my end of the year kind of like where I'm at with YouTube, where I'm at with the channel and kind of asking uh -huh. people what they want to see next and this, that and the other. Um, uh, I titled it why I haven't been putting out videos because I feel like it has been forever since I put out videos. I plan on doing a video tonight on... Um, David Arquette is apparently a professional wrestler, and he is returning to uh, wrestling the uh, NWA. D did you not know about the WCW infamous thing where he won the title? I, I learned about it last night. I did not know about that. That was apparently one of the like worst moments in WCW history. Yep. You should uh, watch the movie Ready to Rumble. Then I heard about I heard about Ready to Rumble as well, and uh, of course you've seen it, right? Yeah, because it's tied into the and into the whole thing. That's like fucking ridiculous. So I'm gonna do a video on that because like he's he's returning back to wrestling now, and everyone's giving him shit on Twitter, and he's all like, "Whatever, man, I don't care. I'm not some stuck up Hollywood punk." 
And it's like, well, dude, yeah, you're like in your like late 40s. You're too old to be a punk at this point in any regard. And what are you talking about? And when did you become a fucking wrestler? You're David Arquette, the goofy cop guy in the Scream movies. Like, what? Do you have do you have any any favorite David Arquette performances, Mike? Uh, uh not off the top of my head. <laughs> He's just kind of like this weirdo creeper like goofball guy like he doesn't I, like i don't know like he's not like he's not a leading man by any means he's like a like b or c list actor uh-huh. i guess that's what makes wrestling fans that much more annoyed that he's like stepping into their world and it's like just because he did a, a few movies that had some kind of notoriety or semi-notoriety it's like yeah i can just do whatever the fuck i want including becoming a wrestler See, this is why people like fucking Corey Feldman need to stay the fuck out of music. People like David Arquette need to stay the fuck out of have wrestling. You, have you seen Corey Feldman's music videos or, or heard his music? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh my god, you have to because it's just hilarious. It's definitely, I know it's definitely in the so bad it's good vein. Like so bad it's entertaining. Oh, it's just cringe. Yeah, pure cringe. Yeah, is there like I'm trying to think of like fail uh, like a failed wrestler who tried acting? Uh, the Rock definitely isn't a good example of that because he was a Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, right. So he did try to act, and it was pretty bad. Yeah. So these people they need to stay in their fucking lanes, man. Not everyone can be like Will Smith and you know do the fucking be like a rapper and then. Well, become speaking like of a, Will Smith, look what he's doing now. He's playing the genie in the Aladdin, the live action. Aladdin movie from Disney. I like, I like. He's been resting on his laurels for so long. I sometimes wonder if he can still even act. You know. Yeah. Like I think for me personally, I'm looking at that and I'm like, uh, is this just like Disney referencing that meme where Sinbad was g- the genie in some movie that never happened, but people think it did? Dude, I could have sworn Sinbad was a genie. I I even remember seeing the pants in my mind, like the 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 big. <laughs> like baggy genie pants no i know it's that that one was crazy like that bugs me when i think about the fact that like he was it's just it's so the mandela effect yeah yeah. it's crazy man like like the berenstein bears and berenstein bears i know that's a nerd episode that was a poor example of the mandela effect because we always called it berenstein bears like we never I never remembered it as Berenstein. Well, that's for you. Like, you know, other people, you know, did remember well, it. other people like are that. mildly special. <laughs> that's Josh's social s- statement of the of the week, folks. That's all the time we got. I need to I need to <laughs> shut the fuck up and go host some trivia. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Talk to you later. Bye. See ya. What's up, everybody? Just want to remind everyone that my album, The Nightmare Inside You, is still up for sale. And we have new band t-shirts as well. All of this is in the description of this podcast. So check it out. And if you dig the music, maybe consider supporting me. Now enjoy some more of the album.
What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries promo. My name is Josh Cannon, and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Brown. Join us every week as we discuss the cult classic TV show, Unsolved Mysteries. Or maybe we'll just talk about cults in general. We cover everything from true crime to the paranormal. With a healthy dose of entertaining stories from our everyday lives. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or any other place that podcasts are available. Once again, that's Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. All right. I think that's fine. That was pretty good. We'll just do one more just, just to have it. Okay. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries promo. My name is Josh Cannon, and I am here with my co-host, Mike Brown. Join us every week as we discuss the cult classic TV show, Unsolved Mysteries. Or maybe we'll just talk about cults in general. We cover everything from true crime to the paranormal. With a healthy dose of entertaining stories from our everyday lives. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or any other place that podcasts are available. Once again, that's Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Alright, I should be able to use that. Alright. Let me pull up the goddamn copy for the ad read, and then we'll go into the episode proper. Now that we're getting bigger, Mike, we're starting to get more bullshit we gotta do before we can get to the goddamn show! <laughs> <laughs> You gotta take responsibility for your own unhappiness. How's that working for you? <laughs> Dude, my Apple is overrated video is like 380 views away from hitting the 200k mark. Nice. Yeah, my first, uh, my highest rated video. I know, you, don't you have one at a million or something? No, it's like, I did, but I had to delete those because they're like copyrighted material. So yeah. Bummer. All right, but I have some that are like five hundred thousand or something. Like a long time ago, I did a review for Expendables three, and I would always get like these comments from like people from over like different countries, like Arabic in Arabic, like they were pissed at me, like it's not the full movie, like upload the movie. I'm like, no, I'm not uploading the movie. It's a review. Why don't you just stop being an ass about? How many it? times stop. have people saw the thumbnails of your videos where you're just showing the movie poster and then they click on it and they just see it's you talking about the movie and they get like super pissed off? Some people do, but it's like it says movie review in the fucking title. Yeah, but dude, people you are dipshit. people are you can't assume that they have that, that kind of intelligence to figure any of that out. I feel like I could make a <laughs> web page where there's this animation of a big ass red button. And it says, press this button to hear Josh's music. And uh -huh. I could send this yeah. website to all my friends and family. And I guarantee you 75% of them would be like, well, how do I listen to your music? <laughs> what, what do I do? I don't, I, I don't understand. Like, like literally, uh -huh. dude, like i sometimes I wonder if like the, the computer or the internet really exists and it's not just like a mass hallucination of like nerds like you and i and like like normal people can't see it they can't see the internet it doesn't exist to them and they don't know how to operate it because uh, they don't see it yeah uh in, in other words i think i fixed i think i figured out what was making the audio levels spike up because i completely forgot that i had I, I thought that i was talking to you through my microphone like on my webcam on skype but i'm not you were talking so into your shoe again weren't you mike <laughs> God damn it. No, no. I was I was talking into my good mic and I, I didn't have the thing unchecked on Skype. So I think I fixed it finally. Were you talking into your hairbrush again, pretending it was a microphone? 
<laughs> we used to do, everybody used to do I'm that a big boy. I'm doing podcast. 